Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Sports Radio 92.9. The game. on this Labor Day. It is the final hour for me. We're going to kick it off with a look at the headlines. So we'll bring you our conversation with Joe Patrick back. We'll talk a little Falcons with Joe. And we'll go off the rails. Uh, your first celebrity crush. Who was it? You can hit us up at 929 The Game. You can find me at Crisco Fourth One. Your first celebrity crush. We'll get to that in about, uh, oh, about 40 minutes from now. So if you want to go ahead and uh, be weighing in on uh, Twitter, your first celebrity crush. We'll do that. I'll uh, got to find out who Eric's is as uh, as well. Well, that's uh, again, we got some time. Uh, Dodgers beat the Braves yesterday, three to one. As we get a look at the uh, the headlines, you're not going to win them all, but I don't know. Getting a sweep of the Dodgers would have been uh, would have been good. One positive for the Braves: Matt Olson hits home run number forty four. Here's how it sounded yesterday on Bally Sports. Zero for three. Riley's now zero for three, and Matt is zero for two. But hold on. Matt with a moonshot homer. Say goodbye to the drought of 18 games without a long ball. He ties Otani with his 44th of the season, and it makes it 2-1. to one. And I'll tell you what, no matter what happens the rest of this game for him, the feeling of that going home is huge. When you get on the plane, you know you kind of broke the ice. for 3. Yeah, 18 games without a home run for Matt Olson yesterday. And you think about how well the Braves have played over these last 18 games when he hasn't given you the long ball, but yet this team continues to play so, so well. Braves open up a homestand on Tuesday against St. Louis. Uh, at least as of this morning, though starter had been announced, just 26 games left in this season for the Braves. If they keep winning at a 66% clip, uh, they sit at 90 wins right now. This team would finish somewhere around 106 or 107 wins by the time it's all said and done. Got a 15-game lead uh, in the East. Again, a three-game series against St. Louis. Uh, the Braves will get Pittsburgh. They've got uh, two series left against Philly, a four-game and a three-game. Three games against Miami. Two series left against Washington, and then one three-game series against the uh, Chicago Cubs left uh, as well. Cardinals are terrible, so a chance for the Braves to uh, put a, hopefully put a little more distance between them and everybody else in the East, get a little closer to getting 100 wins uh, as uh, the Cardinals visit. Pittsburgh's not very good either, so the next six 
very winnable for the Braves. St. Louis is 50 and 78. Pittsburgh is 63 and uh, and 74. Now you've still got Philadelphia and Miami uh, and the Chicago Cubs left for the uh, for the Braves, who all have something to play for. You're talking about those three teams all fighting for a wild card spot or to to be in the in the wild card picture. So. Uh, some teams coming up for the Braves that they've got something to uh, still got a little bit of something to play for. So again, 26 games left in the uh, in the major league season. Falcons open up their season on Sunday, one o'clock for the kickoff against the Carolina Panthers and Bryce Young. Of course, you can hear it here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Wade Ford Tailgate Show kicks off your Falcons Sunday at 9 a.m. John Fricky, Joe Patrick, Harper Labelle. Guys will be with you at 9 a.m. Next Sunday, you can join Mike Johnson and myself for the Falcons countdown to kickoff. That starts at 11, and then we'll turn things over to West Durham, Dave Archer. Guys will have the call coming up at 1 o'clock on Sunday. Let's hear from uh, from Chris Lindstrom. Lindstrom says the focus went towards getting ready for the Panthers just as soon as that last preseason game was over. Uh, right after the preseason, um, you know, you obviously you practice game planning and then, you know, trying to go. But now it's, you know, kind of all starting to focus there. Um, and it's just taking the reps, the small details to kind of focus there. But you kind of you're lucky this week one. It's almost like a bye week leading into the season. Terry Fontenot did a sit down with AtlantaFalcons.com. If you haven't watched it yet, yeah, it's good. Uh, Tori McElhaney. Uh, had the conversation with the Falcons GM. You can find it on the team's website. You can also find it on YouTube. Here is uh, Terry Fontenot talking about keeping three active quarterbacks on the roster. How much was the emergency quarterback rule in the back of your head versus what Logan Woodside was able to do in the preseason? That's, that's a great question, and, and I would say it was more about Logan as opposed to the new rule. And um, because if you look at the quarterback position and how we have it structured, we um, made Desmond the starter at the time that we did to be, be very clear with what we're looking for in the quarterback we're signing. We need to do that for when we brought in uh, Taylor Heineke and we want to be really clear and transparent with the vision for Taylor and we're excited to have Taylor and so with Logan I would say it was very much um, up in the air and we're very open to we can keep three we can keep two but with what he did through the offseason in practice it was very consistent uh, the worker the mental everything that he did and then he got in the games and and he really battled and competed yeah, we did see a lot of Logan Woodside during the uh, during the preseason, didn't we? Uh, Terry Fontenot also spoke about uh, Bijan Robinson and him handling a big workload. Here's the uh, Falcons GM. Uh, I mean, he has a lot put on him, and I know the coach, the staff has a plan of exactly how to go through it. And but he's handled everything in stride. And when you have a player like that, and it, there's a lot of pressures from every area as we talk about handling adversity and talk about handling ups and downs. You got to be able to handle all the off the field stuff and all that. But I would say he has a rare maturity about himself and to, to be able to handle the first time we met him. And I think back to the, the when we spent time with him in, in Austin, Texas, you saw a rare maturity and someone that has handled everything in stride. And so we fully expect him to handle things the same way. But he has an intensity about him, too, where everybody sees the nice smile and the nice 
but he locks in and he can go to that dark place and lock in and do whatever he has to do to get the job done. He is the uh, Vegas favorite, by the way, to win the uh, the Rookie of the Year, uh, Offensive Rookie of the Year in the NFC, by the way, for whatever that's worth. And you know, I referenced this earlier about a, a caller that I guess it was the last time that, that I was on, it's been a couple of weeks now, said you don't draft that guy that high at that position for him to sit. And uh, look, Bajon Robinson is going to be on the field. He's going to get touches. How many of those are handoffs on true running plays? I don't know. Um, how much do they throw it to him out of the backfield? I don't know. But I think Bajon Robinson's going to have the ball in his hands a lot this year for the Falcons. And to Terry Fontenot's point, it does feel like this guy has really kind of settled in and has acclimated himself to being a pro really, really well. Um, he's kind of uh, been able to just kind of take everything in stride as it has come to him. And uh, he's looked, uh, again, from what we saw from him, which was basically one drive and one preseason game, he certainly looked the uh, the part. Let's hear all one final time from Terry Fontenot. Here he is on the growth of Desmond Ritter. This is the uh, Falcons general manager talking about his quarterback. Yeah, he continues to grow, and, and he continues to get better in all areas of his game. And when you play that position, it's not always just about the physical talent, which we know he has physical talent. And, yeah, we see a lot of guys with physical talent that don't quite handle everything the right way, but – it's it's between the ears. It's it's right here in your chest. It's it's everything that he's about because there are going to be some ups and downs. There's going to be challenging moments. This season is almost like a roller coaster, and you better be prepared for that. You better be able to handle the pressure and handle the tough times. Not only handle the the failures, but handle that success when you're doing really well. You got to be able to handle it the right way. But we believe in in, in Desmond in those areas, and so. Obviously, he has the physical talent, and we like all those factors, but it's all about who he is as well and how he's going to handle the ups and downs in the season, uh, the successes, the failures. We're going to bring our conversation back next with Joe Patrick from here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. And that was one of the things that I had asked Joe about was, look, I would have liked to have seen more of Desmond Ritter in, in the preseason. I guess the Falcons coaching staff got enough of a look at him and the joint practices with the Dolphins and the, you know, ones versus ones that the Falcons do in practice. I guess they saw enough that they don't feel there's any need to be able to to put him out there. I would have liked to have seen more from the young quarterback during the preseason, but it is what it is. And again, we'll get uh we'll get more into it with uh with Joe Patrick, we'll bring you that conversation coming up uh, here in just a minute. Georgia got the win on Saturday. We uh, uh, have talked a lot of college football today. Uh, and uh, just to, to kind of put a bow on it, Georgia with a nice 48-7 to win over Tennessee Martin. You're breaking in a new quarterback. You got a new coordinator. You got a couple of skill guys that were not uh, playing yesterday. Lad McConkey didn't play or Sunday or Saturday. I guess it was Lad McConkey didn't play yet. Carson Beck still passed for 294 yards, and maybe the big key for for Georgia, they didn't turn the ball over. This offense has got the opportunity to kind of I don't want to say ease itself into the season, but they didn't have to come out and be firing on all cylinders 
in order for Georgia to be able to win. That was pretty evident early on. But for Carson Beck to be able to throw for 294 yards, Georgia to put up 48 points, and things still not look or feel right, I think that's a pretty good sign, especially when you've got Ball State, South Carolina, and UAB coming up the next three weeks. Uh, And those are all three at home, by the way. So you get South Carolina at home. South Carolina let Spencer Rattler just get the heck beat out of him by North Carolina. He was sacked nine times the other night. So I think the Georgia defense is going to have the ability to be able to tee off on him. But, again, 48 points, 559 yards of total offense. They didn't turn the ball over. Um, You know, uh, I know there's a lot of people on social media Saturday that weren't happy with with the way things went. But, again, Georgia only scored 33 last year against Samford, and I think last year's season turned out to be okay uh, for, uh, for Georgia. Georgia Tech gave up 26 unanswered Friday night to Louisville and lost the game 39-34. Tech did have a lead at the half, 28-13. Was able to see some extended highlights of this. Uh, online and from what I watched, Georgia Tech looked like a. It was a watchable product, right? It it feels like things maybe they're with Brent Key now. Things are going to start to trend in the right direction for them because again, based on what we saw Friday night in Mercedes Benz Stadium, it looked like. It had a, a little bit more of a crisp or a sharper uh, look to this team, especially offensively, than maybe what we have seen the last uh, the last couple of years. But again, Georgia Tech falls to Louisville, thirty nine thirty four in Mercedes Benz Stadium. We'll have uh, we'll have more on the Falcons coming up. Joe Patrick here from Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Got a chance to chat with him. We'll bring you that interview. We'll do that next. Then we'll get to our off the rails to close out the hour. Your celebrity crush. Who was it? Your first celebrity crush. Who was it? We want to hear from you. At 92.9 The Game. At Crisco Fourth One. We'll get to it here in just a few. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Let's continue talking about those Atlanta Falcons as we are. It's game week. Falcons and Panthers uh, get it going to kick off the uh, the NFL season for both teams. That happens on Sunday in a game that you can hear right here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Joe Patrick, he'll be covering that game for 92.9 The Game. Joe's kind enough to uh, give us a few minutes here as we hang out for just a bit on the uh, WadeFord.com hotline. Wade Ford, Atlanta's Ford dealer. Joe, any surprises going back to last week for just a minute? Any surprises for you on the 53-man roster announcements last week? I don't think there were any massive surprises, Chris. I think one of the reasons for that is because of what Arthur Smith has been saying for this entire training camp, which was that this was always going to be a difficult roster to make. The reason being, they signed a lot of free agents who they obviously owe money to, who they expect to be producers for this team. And so there is, aren't naturally the amount of spots that there have been the last couple of years for guys to really fight their ways onto the roster. I think one of the guys that, that we all thought did fight his way out of the roster and didn't make it is DeMarco Hellums, but he's not taking 
the spot of anybody that we, we thought would be on this team in a substantial way. Obviously, Micah Abernathy, kind of the last cut there. I think if you were to point any one surprise out, it would probably be the fact that the team left Parker Hesse off the 53-man roster, considering he was he had one of the highest snap percentages of any Falcons offensive player outside of the offensive line and quarterback position last year. But then when you think about it, they got him back on the practice squad, and he could very well be elevated, depending on what happens with the roster management this week, uh, into this game this week. So I think that they, it was just a way for them to basically keep John Fitzpatrick. So outside of some of those mechanisms, not a ton of surprises, and maybe one of the other ones that people might not be uh, so aware of is, is Logan Woodside, the, the third-string quarterback who the team will be able to roster on game days despite not being on the active roster as long as he made that 53-man. I think that he proved Arthur Smith and the coaching staff over the course of training camp that he was just too valuable to expose to waivers. So there were some surprises, but overall, I think this is mainly the group we were expecting to see and uh, perform against the Carolina Panthers this coming Sunday. Have we seen enough of Desmond Ritter in the preseason? Well, fa- fans haven't. <laughs> you know, I haven't. I, as a football fan, wanted to see Desmond Ritter more. We all want to see Desmond Ritter more. But I think the reason why we want to see him more is because we all love football and we just want to see high-quality football as much as we can. And the pri- and this is where it gets interesting because the, the priorities of the fans and coaches, especially during the training camp portion of the season, are wildly divergent, where the coaching staff gets every you know camera angle of – every play that happens in practice. So they're seeing a very dissected view of Desmond Ritter and obviously analyzing and trying to work and improve his game where us fans and, you know, even media, we see a lot less of him. Obviously for me, you know, I see him out of practice. I'm fortunate to be able to do that. But for fans, you really only see him in that one drive against the Bengals in preseason. And it was a good drive for him. I mean, the team moved the ball over a hundred yards because they had some penalties there. Uh, But I think everybody would probably be a little bit, if anything, like more psychologically comfortable going into this game, if they had maybe seen another drive of him uh, in the following game against the Steelers, especially considering the way that game went. But I think that this coaching staff is very comfortable with him. Arthur Smith said it, that if he did actually have question marks about whether Desmond Ritter was going to be able to, you know, execute any part of his offense, then he would have put him out there for that Steelers game. I just think that the, the, the Falcons staff is very, very confident in Desmond Ritter, and that's why they're treating him like the, the top, you know, kind of top dog quarterback that they expect him to be this season. Joe Patrick of uh, Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, he's hanging out with us here on this uh, Labor Day as we talk a little bit about the Falcons. Season opener coming up Sunday against the Carolina Panthers. Kickoff set for one at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, and of course you can hear it here, Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. It seems like coaches in the NFL now, Joe, since we've gone to this three preseason game schedule, everybody kind of has their own way of of doing it. Uh, you know, some coaches, Mike Tomlin, for instance, still uses that third preseason game as kind of the dress rehearsal where your starters mm-hmm. are going to play um, a lot. Uh, other coaches, Arthur Smith being one, where it feels like the starters rarely play at all. Um, and I think his first uh, preseason, I don't think the starters did play that year. Yeah, yeah. Should they have played more throughout this preseason? Oh, you know, it, it, this is where it's so uh, easy to be critical, but it's hard to do it in a way that it actually has any substance behind it. And so for me, I kind of take the – 
the route of the fact that the, the, the coaches are getting a much better look at these guys and what they need um, out of them in the opportunities they have to dissect the, the practice tape and, and go through all these reps that these guys go through. It's not like Desmond Ritter just had three reps or, or you know, one series of reps throughout, tra- throughout training camp. He had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of reps that this team has broken down uh, and going up against a, a pretty good defense. You know, when, when he's taking reps, it's, it's good to be good typically. Uh, for the Falcons. So it's not like he's going up against some shoddy defense either with what the, you know, we expect this Falcons defense to be with all the improvements that they've made. So I, I totally understand the argument. And like I said earlier, selfishly, I would have liked to see Desmond Ritter and all the starters play more. But I think that uh, part of that also is that just because of what they did show on that one drive was, was so tantalizing, just in the, you know, just the diverse array of playmakers that they have that they can get the ball to. You just want to see more of that. And so that's why I, I would have liked to see more of the starters. But, again, I, I kind of just trust the coaches that if there was more that they wanted to see, then, then they would have given them that opportunity. And then there's the other part of this, which is that maybe they would have wanted to play some of these guys a little bit more, but they did have some just kind of you know knocks and injuries that they wanted to make sure they weren't taking any risks with with some of their top players, Drew Dahlman and Chris Lindstrom, both missed practices in the lead up to that Steelers game. And then, so if they can't play in that game, do you put Desmond Ritter behind, you know, backup offensive linemen? You probably don't want to do that because of what we saw from the backup offensive linemen in that game. So that's where you can get into this cycle of, you know, could he, could they, would they, you know, should they have, I don't know exactly. Again, I, I kind of like the quote that Mike Tomlin gave about his perspective on it, which was that you, know, you can't go into a boxing match without sparring some, which is obviously kind of a reference to, you know, the, the starters actually getting out there and, and going full tilt in preseason. But um, you just got to hope that the Falcons will, will be prepared. And I think at this point, we've heard so much about Arthur Smith talking about how physical of a camp it's been you know, that takes a toll on your body in, in the form of like, you just kind of degrade. And so I think that they've been trying to get these guys as healthy as possible so that physically they're in the best shape possible going into the overall arching season, the long season. But obviously that starts in game one at Mercedes-Benz Stadium against the Panthers. Joe Patrick, Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. We talk about the Falcons season opener coming up Sunday against the Carolina Panthers. Joe, is there a position when you look at the 53 and you look at this practice squad, and obviously the practice squad still continues to be in a little bit of a state of flux maybe, but is there a position of concern for you heading into this season? You know, honestly, I, I don't think there's a position of concern as it relates to the, 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 the starters that this team has. But, again, to kind of go back to that Steelers game and reference that backup offensive line, I think it's very, it would be very concerning if you were to lose really anybody on the offensive line for a substantial amount of time, but especially either one of the tackles. And we got to just knock on wood and hope that Jake Matthews is able to continue his unbelievably consistent career in terms of being able to play. But, you know, the team, when you talk about this practice squad being in flux, that's, you know, th- th- that, that swing tackle, that backup tackle is a, is a big part of that where the team – signed Josh Miles to the 53-man roster, then waived him. They signed Isaiah Prince, who's coming from Cincinnati, uh, also played in Denver, uh, a guy who was, you know, went to a Super Bowl with the, with the Bengals, but was part of that offensive line that was notab- notably one of the most poorest offensive lines that ever made it to a Super Bowl. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if he's able to fit in. But, it, 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 you know, I think, first of all, it's not even so much about the pass protection. It's about – can those tackles, you know, run block and do the things that Arthur Smith is going to want to make a priority 
of his offense. But I think if there's one thing about this team overall that I am concerned about, it's just in general, the depth. And they've got, you know, they with all these signings that they made, there was plenty of one-year deals when you look at um, Calais Campbells and Bud Dupree's. And so you just got to hope that there is the depth. Now, I think at the defensive line, there is a lot more depth. But again, in some positions, there's just not as much. I think at the wide receiver position, too, uh, it gets a little dicey after you get past your first few pass catchers. So um, I, I think that that's my biggest concern. But I don't think that there are a ton of concerns for a lot of the starters, really, outside. Obviously, the, the biggest talking point is Desmond Ritter. But honestly, I have a much higher um, opinion of, of Desmond Ritter than I think a lot of the national media has. And I think a lot of just local fans understand what Desmond Ritter brings to the offense as well. And I think a lot of fans maybe not may not be as concerned about Desmond Ritter as a lot of you know, national talking points would lead you to. How do you think the touches in the backfield get split up? Now that B. John Robinson is here, you lump him in with, uh, you know, uh, Tyler Algier and a healthy Cordero Patterson. Uh, how do they, how does it get uh, divvied up back there? Yeah, I'm sure that, you know, game by game, the game plan will, will play a part into this. But overall, I, I would say this. I would say that, you know, Bijan is still going to be this team's, their, their big, you know, workhorse running back. I do think that Tyler Algier will be used strategically both in the beginning of games and at the end of games because he is that power runner who can kind of, um, you know, uh, kind of get that initial twist of the cap of the jar, you know, that's stuck. He can kind of jar it loose at the beginning of the game and maybe loosen up some things for Bijan. And then I think at the ends of games, you can bring in Tyler Algier to really kind of pound a defense that, you know, maybe kind of losing some of their morale towards the end, especially if Atlanta is trying to ice away a game. So I think that that's how he'll, he might be used in-game. But overall, I think that the majority of carries are going to go to those two players. And again, you've got to expect that there's going to be some injuries at some point at the running back position. It's just the nature of it. So I would expect... Cordero Patterson and even Godwin Igwebuke, who's back on the practice squad after a good training camp. I think that both those guys will get carries over the course of the season, but especially with, with regards to Cordero Patterson, I see him much more of him being a wide receiver first this year and then reverting to the running back position more when he's needed because of whether it's injuries or, or, or whatever the issues uh, might arise for the Falcons. But I think he'll be more of a, a kind of a, a, a safety plug, so to speak, than uh, somebody who is like last year kind of coming in to be one of your premier running backs. Now I know we didn't, we didn't expect him to be that because they had drafted Bijan, but I just think that you'll see Cordero Patterson use a lot more split out wide and going out and running routes than he has uh, in the past couple of years. And I think that overall it sets up for a very dynamic offense where you can use any number of these guys, even Bijan, I would expect them to line up in the slot quite a bit. And I would expect some of these running backs to be on the field at the same time, which makes Arthur Smith's offense so dangerous. Joe, I, I feel better about this defense. I, I kind of am a little surprised at how optimistic I feel about this group based off of what we have seen uh, in the preseason. Give me your thoughts as a guy that's that's around the team almost daily at least and, and uh, your thoughts on how good you think that defense can be. Well, it's such a different defense than what we've seen the last couple of years, Chris. I mean, first of all, the thing that strikes you is just how – physically impressive these guys are they are big that that defensive line is just full of big dudes it is it is Grady Jarrett David Onyemata Calais Campbell Bud Dupree you got Lorenzo Carter mixed in there like you just got big physical front Zach Harrison the the rookie defensive end out of Ohio State has made a real big splash in training camp and he looks like he's going to be a force to be reckoned with but it's very much you know as you would expect kind of modeled 
after what the, over what the Saints have done uh, over these years with that kind of big, powerful defensive line. And I think that one of the ramifications of that is it gives Atlanta's linebacking core, which we know is very athletic with Caden Ellis, and then obviously with Troy Anderson, the guy who is one of the most athletic uh, linebackers come out of the draft in decades uh, for them to get really run around and make plays. And you just hope that that defensive line can keep the, the blockers off of those two and they can, you know, really exploit their natural talents. And then at the secondary, I think is some of the biggest improvements. When you bring in a guy like Jesse Bates, not only does he raise the overall just ability level of what your secondary can do, but he's also such a leader. He's been to the Super Bowl. He's been played in the biggest games and at that position at safety, he brings a really, you know, important leadership quality and communication quality where he can help out these guys in not just um, where, where he plays in his own coverage, but he can help align guys and identify things pre-snap that's going to help the entire defense elevate themselves as a whole. So I'm really excited about what this defense can do, and they're going to play a lot more aggressively. You know, last year – they just didn't have the talent, so they played more bend-but-don't-break style. And I think that this is going to be a much more attractive defense to watch because they're going to be more aggressive in your face and probably creating a lot more turnovers and making a lot more plays than they've been able to do the last couple of years. Joe, appreciate it. Look forward to seeing you at Mercedes-Benz Stadium on Sunday. Likewise. Likewise. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate right. it. Joe Patrick, Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. He's been with us on the waitfor.com hotline. Stick around. We'll take a trip around the NFL. We'll go around the league. We'll do that next. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Chris Goforth ready to put the wraps on it here on this uh, Labor Day Monday. It's time for us to do a little thing where we kind of step away from sports for just a minute. We call it going off the rails, and that's exactly what we are doing today. Looking for your first celebrity crush. Who was it? Hit us up on Twitter at 929thegame. You can find me at ChrisGoForth1, your first celebrity crush. Eric, I had to think about this. Uh, my first was probably Brooke Shields. Not a bad one, and she that get... was back when mm. uh, that was back when Brooke Shields was. I mean, she was the the thing. She was uh, you know being seen at all of the uh, all these events and stuff with Grammys uh, and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. she's uh, hanging out with uh, with Michael Jackson yeah. back then, and then later on. Um, by the time I got to be a teenager, I guess, I'm going to say uh, Alyssa Milano, who was on Who's, Who's the, the Boss. Who's the Boss, yeah. yeah. And then Charmed. Yeah, now Charmed, I did not see. <laughs> okay, no problem. Uh, Dominic is uh, weighing in, by the way. He just sent me a text. Dom texted me. He said that uh, he and Nick Cannon have similar taste. He said, my first celebrity crush was Mariah Carey. It's not a yeah, bad yeah but that, that's not similar taste. I mean, Nick Cannon married Mariah Carey. Yeah, and, a little and, different and for Dom. Created He's, a part of his uh, Dom's kind clan. of on the outside looking uh, in. Yeah. But, you, know. you know. But it's kind of cool that, you know, you said your first celebrity crush was Brooke Shields. I mean, she could be a celebrity crush now because she hasn't aged a bit. Isn't she? Yeah. You know, I yeah. mean, same thing happens with mine. My first celebrity crush when I was a little boy was Mrs. Claire Huxtable, a.k.a. Felicia Rashad. And she okay. looks the same at the age of she 70 does. She does. that she did looking on that TV show. She does. Uh, at Barrett Gay, weighs in. I got, I got a couple on Twitter I'm going to get to. Again, you can weigh in if you want. 
your fa- uh, your first celebrity crush. Who was it? At 929 The Game. You can find me at ChrisGoForth1. Uh, at Barrett Gay. And by the way, Barrett, great follow on uh, on Twitter for those of you out there. Check him uh, check him out. Good dude. Uh, big, uh, big fan of 929 The Game. Says, my first celebrity crush was Jane Kennedy on CBS's NFL Today. Uh, Jane Kennedy, I think Jane Kennedy, wasn't she like Miss America or something at one point and then ended up, uh, she was one of those people that was one of the first females on television talking sports and was in a lot of ways kind of a um, uh, kind of a trailblazer as far as that goes. But Barrett says that was his first celebrity crush, Jane Kennedy, on CBS's NFL Today featuring Jimmy the Greek. What a uh, what a fall from grace was Jimmy the Greek. But we'll get to uh, we'll get some more of your thoughts. Let's see. We've had uh, what have we had here? Courtney Cox, uh, Linda Carter at B Damon seventy said Linda Carter. Uh, man, those Wonder Woman years, Eric. Linda Carter was straight. Uh, that is straight fire. Yeah, uh, my man Alex Chung from Hawks Fan TV just sent us a good one. Young Miss Kelly Kapowski, a.k.a. Tiffany Amber, I, Tiffany Amber Thiessen, is that her, is that her yep, real name? Tiffany Amber Thiessen. I wondered how long it would take before we got a, a Tiffany Amber Thiessen. And well, I that whole show, Saved by the Bell, has some good ones. Uh, Elizabeth Berkeley. Yeah. I mean. Lock, was it Locke Varese? Yep. Yeah, they had, some yep. Good ones. they had some good ones for, you know, both the female and the male viewers. Oh, I was going to say, I, I guarantee you there is a group of, uh, of females out there uh, probably in their, by this point, early to mid-40s that would probably tell you Mark Paul Gossler, who played uh, Zach, Zach yeah. on Saved by the Bell. Where would, is he now? Because Slater is still making infomercials and uh, hosting TV shows. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mark Paul, what, what, he's still doing so He's still acting because he was on – what was the cop show that he, he was on to? NYPD Blue? But that NYPD was like thirty Blue. years ago, Chris. Yeah, well, all right. He's, he's got I've a big family. He's a family man. Well, he's and I've seen family. him on. I've seen him on something. Uh, mm-hmm. I've seen him on something since then. Okay. Uh, at C Paul underscore J, you're showing your age here, dude. Going Don Wells from uh, from Gilligan's Island. So, uh, and we also somebody said Danica McKellar, who was Wendy. On the Wonder Years, it's not a bad one. Didn't she come back to the reboot of the Wonder Years? Now as that I could not role? tell you. That I could not tell you. Uh, Tomahawkin, <laughs> Tomahawkin says I'm going off the rails, but Vanna White uh, <laughs> was bad watching her at age four in the mud eighties. So Tomahawk had been with Vanna. He's been rolling with Vanna White for a while now. Another one that aged very, very, very well. She very has. gracefully. She has very now well. is she staying with the show when Pat Sajak leaves? Um you're you, you are giving me a news flash that Pat Sajak's leaving, but um Oh yeah you probably didn't know that. probably. You know, I, why would I she just go? wondered if she would if she would leave or if they would kind of, you know, sail off to the sunset together. together. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. But uh, anyway, we'll continue to take your thoughts. Your first celebrity crush at 929 The Game. You can hit me up at CrisgoForth1 if you like. And I have got, um, uh, let's see. Oh, Harold. 
Uh, Harold reached out at Harold underscore Richard says Farrah Fawcett was his first celebrity crush. I bet you anything Harold had that poster. I read something the other day where, um, gosh, the the number of Farrah Fawcett posters that were sold at that time. You, you know the one I'm talking about, right? I mean, it is the famous yeah, yeah, yeah. Farrah Fawcett poster. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. The, the number of posters that were sold was, and I forget, I'm not even going to try to, you know, estimate it because it was a crazy number. Uh, Damon said Janet Jackson. Not bad, Damon. Yeah. Not and, bad. And I know all, somebody man. out there has got to have a J Lo. Somebody hit me with a J Lo because J Lo, I mean, and yeah. both of them to this day still look amazing. What about what about Whitney Houston? I, was, I mean, I think I think Whitney in the mid eighties was, you know, she was she was right there. Um, as far as crushes go, Chris, I mean, I was never one for the. The thinner figured lady, you know, her yeah. talent as yeah. a musician was great. But, you know, you know, we talk about my man Dom talked about Mariah Carey. Mariah Carey had, you know, the, the curves and the, and, the, and the. Well, the curves the came good. later now. No, she had them from the beginning. I guess, no, well, she, she was a little thinner with, uh, what was it? You're my sweetheart Tony. and all that stuff. Yeah. But, you uh, know. What was the guy she was married? Was it Tony Matola? The CEO of Sony? Was, yeah. Was yeah. That, wasn't she married to him? She Barry, was. Or didn't she marry him at like 20 years old or something? Yeah, and he was like 50. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm 50, so. I, but you've been married, happily married for years. Don't get yeah, yourself in trouble on, on Labor I'm Day, Chris. I'm just saying. I'm just, you know, could happen. Probably not, but, but you know. Chris going to be coming down here for Falcons games and be <laughs> asking me, Dom, or, or Caleb in there, hey, man, can I bunk with you guys? My wife can kick me out. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah, I would have thought uh, that, uh, you know, we would probably get – I, don't know, I think we've hit most of the one most of the ones that I thought we would get. I think we have. Uh, I think we've hit your celebrity crush. That's what we are. Uh, that's what we are looking for. Uh, Dustin says, "Old girl from Dukes of Hazard." Can't think of her name. That was Catherine Bach, who played uh, Daisy Duke. No, her name's Daisy Duke. She'll never. Catherine Bach is who. Her name is Daisy Duke. That's an icon. She started the fashion trend. I was going to say, when you get a piece of clothing named after you, that's, that's, listen, when you achieve that level of fame where you can either be recognized by your first name, like Prince, Elvis, Tiger, you don't have to say a last name when you hear those people. Everybody knows who we're talking about. And when you have that and you have an article of clothing named after you, uh, as as did Daisy Duke, I think that tells you uh, pretty much all you need to know about her. Dom also said Topanga as well. Ah, that's one. That's a good one. Off of, um, was that Boy Meets World? Was that the show? Because there was a reboot that the Disney Channel did that my girls watched, and they brought all the original people back. I missed that show totally. Like, I had I had aged out of that stuff by the time that show came on, so I never watched it. I think I was, you know, well into my teen years, early 20s or whatever by the time that show came about, so I never watched A Boy Meets World. 
Girl Meets World, though, was the Disney reboot that my girls a couple of years ago, my daughters got into watching, and the same girl that played Topanga on the original, it was actually they brought the original cast back, excuse me, brought the original characters back and gave them, uh, they just all had kids at this point. So, but, yes, that's a good one, Dom. That's a good one. A couple other things that I, I did want to touch on. I know we're about to run out of time. You can still weigh in your uh, your first celebrity uh, crush. Michael says, Joan London on Good Morning America. Okay. Would not have thought that, Michael, but uh, okay. We can roll with that. Uh, your first celebrity crush. Who was it? Uh, Cameron Diaz. Mark B. says Cameron Diaz. That's a good one. Nothing wrong with Cameron Diaz back in the day. He references her in The Mask. Uh, Wasn't nothing wrong with uh, Cameron Diaz. Uh, Also, oh, Rusty. Rusty coming through like a champ now. Heather Thomas from The Fall Guy. See, back then, back in the day, there was quite the, uh, the rivalry between Heather Locklear and Heather Thomas. As a matter of fact, the story goes, when Tommy Lee, who was the drummer for uh, Motley Crue, uh, who was at one time married to Heather Locklear, when he first called Heather Locklear, he thought he was actually calling Heather Thomas, hmm. who was on The Fall Guy with uh, with Lee Majors. Yeah. Good show uh, and a good one by Rusty. Heather Thomas was a uh, – that was, that was – Straight smoke show back in the day. My, my respect level for Tommy Lee just went up because, you know, he ended up with Pam, too. So, I mean, uh, Tommy yeah. Lee did his thing. Tom, Tommy Lee's been – Tommy Lee's done okay. He has done okay for himself. Um, even though I'm not sure he really plays drums live anymore. But that's a whole nother conversation that we can have on another day. Uh, real quick, Eric, a couple other things. And, again, we'll continue. Your first celebrity crush, we got we, – we'll check it one more time before we get out of here. Did you see this about a shooting at a Chicago White Sox game last week? I did not, but please inform me. Two females were shot during the fourth inning of the White Sox game against the Oakland A's last Friday night. One was grazed in the stomach, and the other took a bullet to the leg. Now, according to ESPN Chicago, the gunshots came from um, the woman left with the grazing after she accidentally fired the weapon inside guaranteed rate field. You're probably asking yourself, how did this woman get inside guaranteed rate field, which is where the Chicago White Sox play, with a gun? Yeah, that's a good question. Yep. She snuck it past security and through metal detectors you ready for this? She hid the gun in the folds of her belly fat. All righty. Mm-hmm. Now, I had the pleasure of seeing the White Sox play last week when they were in Baltimore. I was home for a family function. I mean, the White Sox are bad, but I didn't think they were you know, bad enough to drive somebody to want to shoot. <laughs> you know, drink maybe, you know, curse a little bit, but to violence, I mean, they're bad, but are they that bad? I just... I'm at a loss. Totally at a loss on that one. She was sitting in section 162. She had pretty good seats. 
snuck it in in her in the folds of her belly fat. Uh, all right, here we go. Your first celebrity crush, who was it? Uh, T.A. says uh, Donna Douglas from the Beverly Hillbillies. Not bad. Black and white's your thing. Um, and that's it. There we go. That is a look at our celebrity crushes. So your first celebrity crush. Appreciate you guys hanging out. We got uh, the Dopey Millennials coming up. A little bit of an abbreviated show for them. You will be able to hear that game between Duke and Clemson right here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game coming up later on this evening. It's going to wrap it up for us. Enjoy the rest of your Labor Day. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Oh, 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 Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.